Welcome to the Salvatry Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel. Salvatry here, and today we're going to be covering something a little bit different. DFS strategy on an overarching topic, and I'm going to introduce a, a very special guest today in just a second, Matt Jaget. Matt Jajeski, I got that one right there on a second attempt, but the goal here is that there's slates to be broken down still, and we're waiting to see if there's any new contests coming out from these DFS sites. Places like Superdraft have leaked out some interesting formats, but we want to do something of a mini-series when we have this time to not only evaluate my game, Matt evaluate his game, but kind of put together some something of a, a learning course between these uh, little mini-series that we're going to do here on both my content channels as well as Matt's. So, Without further ado, I'm going to introduce Matt here. He does some work over at Roto-Grinders, and I'll let him get into his background a little bit, a little bit more, and we'll go from there. Yeah, what's up, Sal? Happy to be here today. You know, kind of tough times for DFS, guys that play this either professionally or semi-professionally. Even just for amateurs not having sports, it's been kind of hard. But in these times, at least it gives us a time to evaluate process a little bit, you know, if you're not playing League of Legends or MMA or some of the things we have here. So a chance to take a look at some strategies like bankroll management, contest selection and things like that. Yeah, I am too. And, and yeah, I completely agree with you. Like whether you are, I mean, if you're doing this 100% full time and you are a professional for DFS, it's, it's absolutely brutal. I've seen people grinding in the League of Legends before some of these other sports starting to go out, which is all fair game. And it's probably the thing that is going to get you through right now. But yeah, I mean, it, the times are definitely hard for anybody making content in the sports space. I mean, you've seen the bigger networks, Fox, ESPN has now been shutting down some shows as well. I mean, the, the way that I like to look at it is, is it's it's tough times that we have right now. And uh, somebody told me a while back on an internship, you, it's E plus R equals O in equation. Uh, your event plus your reaction is the outcome. We, we already know what this event is. We don't know what the full length of it's going to be. But what we react in, in the meantime, especially when there's not a lot of content out there, I think it's a really good spot to help people get them through this time with some content, staying positive throughout the whole thing, uh, but also just cre creating content and value during a time where it seems like there's a lot more viewership potential to have when not a lot of people are making that content. So I'm happy to kind of team up with you during this, see how many shows we can get out there. The goal is to just create as much content as we can over the next few months and weeks until we can get back to our, our normal sports, our breakdowns and our, our daily routines at that point. Yeah, I tell you what, man, as someone who basically writes full time and plays DFS, I have no shortage of time to break down some of these things. And, you know, I think this kind of lends itself to one of our topics when people are, you know, maybe short on money and stuff like this. How do you handle a topic like bankroll management or something like that? You know, if you are playing DFS and some crazy life event, I know pandemics like the coronavirus don't don't happen every day. But, you know, you do want to manage your money in case situations like this do arise. You know, if you was especially if you are using this as maybe a supplemental income or a major part of your income, these topics are really important. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and I think starting with bankroll management is a good spot to go, especially in a time like this. Like the way that I'm viewing it is I have a certain amount that I just hold in either PayPal and sort of a, a floating period or in the sites themselves, usually the most being inside DraftKings. And for the most part right now, I, I have just personal stuff set up. So I'm letting that stay and I'm playing normally how I would at this point. I've, I've questioned lowering just percentages of how much I'm playing, but the other side of it comes in that you don't really have the sports to play. So over the last three or four days, yeah, it's completely lowered to a spot where I'm um, trying to feel out some of these sports, whether it's Mexican soccer, NASCAR, MMA, uh, my bankroll management has pretty much been lowering it to this point. Um, we'll see just what happens in terms of new formats coming out. It'll probably stay with somewhat of a cap on it as you try and learn through those. But I guess from a standpoint of right now where you're at, um, 
with the sports that are currently going on, it's hard to play at all. But in just in theory, in uncertain times outside of the DFS space, uh, do you lower your bankroll? Do you stay more conservative in those times? I feel like most people listening probably do. Yeah, so as far as taking money off of DraftKings, FanDuel, the other DFS sites, I haven't done that. I Like you said, they've already, we saw SuperDraft, you know, the simulations for NBA, there's already been some tampering with game format. So I'm expecting others to come out and potentially some really attractive ones. So I haven't taken any money off of DraftKings or FanDuel, considered it, didn't do it. But as far as like, you know, those new game types go, I will have reduced amounts in play as long as they're just new formats and testing them out. You know, I like to back test my models a little bit first and with new game formats we don't really get the chance to do that so i typically am not playing a, a ton of my you know like life role on a week-to-week basis but as far as my bankroll goes that will be reduced in a time like this yeah and then just in general when everything is afloat a week ago five weeks ago uh, what is your stance on bankroll we can get into contest selection a little bit later on and how that impacts it but in general, like on a weekly basis in the NFL, on a daily basis, because I know you're big into the college uh, basketball streets as well. What is your your cap on how much you're playing of your entire role, how you're differentiating that into different formats? And if it ever changes, is it dynamic or static? It's definitely something that's dynamic and it's changed a lot as I've become a better player and been able to actually make this a profitable endeavor. I mean, when I first started playing, you know, like back in my early NFL days, I it took there was a growing process to say the least in improving my DFS. But at that point, I just decided, you know, if I end up losing, say, every single week of the NFL season, that was my first sport I started playing. What is the amount I'm comfortable losing and still not having it really affect my day-to-day life? And then I would play 20% off of that because, you know, on a week-to-week basis, generally, you're not going to just get absolutely goosed and lose everything. Sometimes it's, you know, win $20 here you know, lose another 50 here and so forth. So that was my initial process. And as my bankroll grew, I was able to start using that for some income. And these days I'm playing about 1% or so of my bankroll on a given slate. And it's not dynamic in a sense like, you know, I feel really good about this particular slate. I think sometimes people overestimate their ability to predict future outcomes. But I think as your bankroll grows, you can become a little more secure in it. But in the beginning, the early days, it was about 20% on a week to week basis. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. And I'm in, I'm in the same boat early on. Um, once I started to crack down probably two and a half, between two and three years ago on just the bankroll side of it and understanding, I'd say the biggest thing for just a tip for people is open up an Excel sheet. Even if you're not great at Excel, just get out a piece of paper or something and just track it, track what you're losing. Because if you are a losing player in when I was in college early on, I definitely was. And, and you're just throwing out money each week and then you think you get a small win, so you feel good. It's an, it's an entire emotional game. It's very similar to just your real-life personal finances. So uh, kind of just what gets measured gets changed and, and just improved and all of that, all the things that you can throw on it. So that's probably a tip, just just getting it down. And I'm, I'm sure that Matt is somebody who tracks it as well. But yeah, 1%, like you said, I, I'm currently in the range of like 2 to 3%. So I think we're in the same ballpark. But I would say I'm a little bit more riskier in a sense of just being dynamic with my bankroll and it comes in a spot where you can just say the whole having a bigger edge and it's not so much of feeling good about a slate an nba slate at this point like trying to have a huge edge comes from ownership unless you have some sort of insider information but for an extreme example of the slate probably two weeks ago or so where it was a small slate like three four game slate the highest owned players on the slate are all in the milwaukee bucks and after the first couple games lock all the Milwaukee Bucks get ruled out. At that point, when you have the accessibility to late swap on sites like DraftKings, um, and even some of the smaller, it was like five, 10 minutes before locks, 
nine, 10 o'clock at night. Some people aren't even awake at this point on the East Coast. You have the ability to just get into some of these smaller two game and showdown slates. That point was the most that I fired out of my bankroll at a slate before. And luckily it went well. But uh, even then I was like capping out at like five, six percent. And I, I had to pull myself back kind of a little bit because I started to just go at it with like 10% of it. Yeah, to, to your point. So I, I play a lot of niche sports. And the only time I'm really more dynamic with my bankroll, you know, in college football, an example that's very similar to the Milwaukee Bucks, we don't have standardized injury reporting in, in sports like college basketball, college football. You'll often get players ruled out. And it's not like um, major reporters are covering this. It'll be like small beat reporters. So you know that let's say the starter for Alabama, Najee Harris, is going to be somewhere between like 30 and 40% owned. Then the injury news comes, he's going to sit out. He's still going to be 25% owned just because a lot of people do not have that injury information. And you can pivot to the direct backup at, you know, sub 10%. And that's a situation where I will just fire off as much action as I can maybe in the 10 minutes before the slate locks. Another situation like that is where I can find nice overlay. So I know that's a topic we'll get into a little bit later, but a lot of times these like small satellites, qualifiers, even just different slates. So if you're playing a a late night slate or a turbo slate, sometimes there's some nice overlay you can fire at. So that's another situation where I will be a little dynamic with my bankroll. Yeah, and then I think the other piece of just week to week or day to day, once the slate's all over, at least from my perspective, I think that's where dynamic comes more into play in terms of it's dynamically changing as a percentage. If, if you have a slate where you just ended up coming away winning an extra $100, well, then you're taking the percentage of that new principle that you have or just the new total. So from a sense of day-to-day movement, yeah, the amount that I play is going to be a dynamic, but the percentage on it probably isn't. Um, and yeah, I think that this is a really important topic during these times. I think that people are especially when it comes to emotions, dealing with things outside of just playing DFS and betting and things that are much more important to that for a lot of people. If you come into this space and it is sort of like a, a thing that gets a lot of people by in these times of sports and betting and playing DFS, and I completely agree with that, but it could also be a time where just trying to cool your emotions um, and not let them get the best of you in a time of when you have a ton of emotions in all different areas is important. So yeah, I think, I think at least a big tip that I can kind of take away and really give to people during this podcast is is really just take a moment now if you never really thought you did for work and whatever else is just open up an Excel sheet, something, and try and just track out your recent play. There's Roto Tracker, there's sites online that do it, but just kind of having it as your own thing to do and keeping yourself accountable is huge. And and I think that was the biggest thing. There's other things that we'll talk about in tips of people who want to go from a just a casual to a pro. And, and I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm a pro and it's something that I I have um, profited from for each of the last two years, but it's supplemental income, like Matt was saying earlier. So it's a spot where right now I think is the biggest thing for me is when I kind of made the switch of just losing for two years as a college kid to winning the past two years, it, it, it comes down to really just starting to track it. And then from there, a lot of things can fall into place. Yeah. Tracking is huge and Excel's fantastic. If you're looking for a little more sophisticated tracking, like Roto Tracker is going to break things down by, you know, contest type, even opponent, stuff like that. Uh, dollar level, everything in there. And as far as, you know, like going from being a, a casual player to a pro, that might not be the best way to say it. Let's call it just increasing your stakes. So that is a great way to do it. So, you know, maybe. You talked about the emotional side of this. You are getting a few wins here or there, but you could just be an overall losing player. But, you know, you hit a big win. You want to increase stakes. I don't think that's the best way to approach it, at least looking at your long-term growth, your long-term placing. You are a consistent winning player is a good idea probably before you increase stakes, try to jump up to some higher dollar-level contests and stuff like that. 
Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And this was probably the biggest topic. So what we did for the show was we just kind of put out a calling on Twitter and we got a good amount of responses. And then we structured based on the priority and the amount of people that pulled out. And I would say that the bankroll management was probably our biggest topic. So it's something that definitely wanted to cover. So, I mean, just in summary for myself, most slates, most days, whether it's a daily slate for the sport, um, whether it's an overall, just between all the sports, I'm probably getting two to 3% down each day. Um, that'll change only in really extreme situations and it'll move dynamically uh, for me based on just overall play, not really percentages. Is, is there anything else that you want to kind of touch on or that you feel is really important when it comes to just the bankroll management side of it? Obviously, emotional betting in general is a, another topic that people have written books on and just how to control that. And, and that's a really big piece of it, uh, measuring it, some of the stuff that we talked about. Yeah. So as far as the the day-to-day stuff, I'm somewhere in one to 2%. That doesn't really change. It changes on, you know, if I'm Winning a lot, losing a lot, where my bankroll as a whole is, you know, if it's been, you know, it, the 1% doesn't change, but if I've won the last two or three slates, I'll have more just raw dollars in play because of that, that 1% to 2%. The only time I really deviate a lot is when I'm shooting at overlay, when there's an injury situation and maybe a college football. I know NBA is like that too. NFL, we don't really get a lot of that. I, I can only really think of one situation, like the Damian Williams, where we got that late injury news at like 11 30 and people still weren't going to adjust to it. So those are really the only situations I deviate. Otherwise, I'm not trying to overextend myself, especially when this is a part of my income and it's something I'm living off of. I think when you start getting above, you know, I don't know, maybe like 5% of your net wealth, that's probably not a good idea when you end up in situations like we have now with it, just the pandemic around us. Yeah. And I think, so just to close the door on the bankroll side, I think that's a great way to put it in terms of um, yeah, just not having a lot of yourself in these contests. And it, it's it's almost like simpler is better. And it's the same thing in regular life. If you're just trying to keep track of a personal budget and, and monitor the, what you're doing, if you overextend yourself in that area, yeah, you're taking on a lot of risk and it's probably not a great thing to do over the long term. But yeah, I guess just some people also ask, and I thought it was a really fair and good question, just how as DFS content creators, and it's probably something that a lot of people who follow us want to know about. And just even people who don't follow us, but are going to be listening to this. Well, they probably do follow us, but they're kind of in the field themselves in terms of just being viewers and supporters. They're more so doing this as well and kind of looking for uh, other people to not necessarily necessarily cope with, but kind of relate to. Um, For me personally, yeah, I mean, anybody in this industry, it's not great right now for what's happening. I always like to keep a positive aspect. Uh, Talked about the event plus reaction equals outcome earlier, but I really do kind of believe in that side of it. But yeah, it's no doubt that when most of these major sports and pretty much every single sport for three months or or potentially more is going to be shutting down, that it's going to have um, situations. This is the time we're having something in place of security funds personally come into great uh, extent. But I think it's also, I also think it's a really good time from a standpoint of what Matt and I are doing right now and, and reaching out to other creators as well and just kind of teaming up to one, make content go a longer way and also just really start to interact with the community. I uh, can be a community at points that for the most part, I think it's very welcoming. Uh, and I think it's a good idea to take advantage of that. So when we have more time on our hands, yeah, it could be a bad thing if you're not doing stuff with it. But I think what we're doing here at least and open invitation to anybody else out there to partner up with Matt, myself, and and continue to create a lot of content and get ideas out there and just give people something to enjoy and get through a tougher time for what I imagine is most of the people um, that are just in society right now. Yeah, definitely. As far as what it's like being a content creator in this time, Thursday was really rough, man. 
I don't know. It's like uh, you get your major source of income taken from you. Not only that, but I don't know about you. I, I watch a lot of these games. It's a major source of enjoyment for me. So having that stripped away was rough, but I do agree with you. I think it's a great time to interact with the community. I think when we're playing daily sports, you know, like NBA is every single day, college basketball every day. MLB is coming up. That's going to be every single day. Some of these topics can get overlooked, and maybe you have a leak in your game that you might be missing. So hopefully we can take some time, look back on recent play, maybe make some improvements before, you know, hopefully we get sports back here in the near future, or at least maybe we can take these strategies to some evolving games that we'll see in the in the coming days. Oh, I, I definitely agree with you. Like I am without question, there's going to be improvements made, whether it's just bankroll wise or whether it's contest selection, things like that. Just going back and actually getting to evaluate stuff that as somebody who plays a good amount of volume, but also is creating daily content, you don't, like you said, always have that time to do it. But man, yeah, Thursday, um, I, I think I woke up Friday. I finished up some of the content or Thursday night. I was telling you before the show, I finished a golf live stream a couple hours later it gets golf gets canceled round two disney shuts down and, and golf goes into a panic uh and as they rightfully should as of now and they shut down and then i go into making some nascar content um and just basics to some of that stuff nascar gets shut down same exact thing for mexican soccer it's like it's like every single second it's like the dfs industry myself trying to get up off the mat and, and then we just get punched down again but yeah we're to a point where we have league of legends and this point right here of evaluating our processes and just waiting for what comes next so yeah it definitely not great times. That goes without saying. Um, uncertain times, which is scary for people who are contractor based in this industry. But th- there's always going to be an end to times like this. And I think that the thing that you can take away from it is finding positives. And in a time where a lot of people are moving away from making content and there's still a lot of people wanting content, I think that o- opens up a lot of opportunity for people like ourselves and anybody else listening to this who creates content. For sure, man. I know you're an absolute grinder pulling some some all nighters. Uh, that last Thursday, so I mean, wh- Wednesday night the NBA gets canceled. So I. A huge part of like uh, the college basketball scene right now, and normally tip offs at 6 p.m. at conference tournaments, it gets moved up to 11 a.m. So I'm up at two, getting my like live stream ready, doing my my data sheet breakdowns, and 10:50, tip offs canceled. So I've literally finished the entire thing, and then I'm like submitting all my lineups, making sure my CSV is right, and boom, everything's just stripped from us. So it was a p- pretty devastating feeling. Yeah, it's it's not great. I think it. There was the the NBA slate that night, how they canceled the last game. Obviously, the the game got shut down with Utah and OKC. It was such a weird weird feeling for knowing that the NBA doing that was going to be a trickle-down effect for where we're at right now. Um, But in that specific moment in time, knowing that anything that you had in DraftKings, you were just letting it ride more times than not because there was going to be some sort of credit back to you, which is what they ended up doing, but they also paid out people. I was in just... I don't even know how to describe the feeling that I was in of of uncertainty, but at the same time, still kind of feeling like you. It was just it was like you were stuck in in time almost. So, yeah, it, it, it's uncertain times for sure right now. I think that for the most part, what we said about bankroll is going to be huge uh, for this sense. And then, do you have anything else? Just kind of closing on um, anybody else listening to this from a standpoint of not just being viewers and followers, but um, and people that interact in the community, but people that actually do this for a living. I mean. I'm not going to sit out here and give people professional tips on how to handle a situation like this. Just my outlook is to try and stay positive and, and, and find just the opportunities when they're there because they definitely are there. Yeah, I agree with that completely. I still think there's opportunities. You mentioned earlier, like people don't have anything to watch. So hopefully there's 
some eyeballs and just people trying to get better overall. Yeah, I mean, Twitter's been pretty funny with, you know, the FanDuel releasing the Democratic debate thing. That that was more just like humor for me. I, I watched probably the first Democratic debate of my life. So, I mean, there's just fun stuff going on right now. So hopefully people can take this a little less seriously in a time like this and just get back to the grind soon. Yeah, and I actually think the last thing to just kind of momentum is something else I believe in and whether it's creating content and I'm just stuck in a pattern that like if, if I don't create content in some area, I'll probably drive myself crazy until I find something else. But it's a a spot where there's no doubt in my mind that probably maybe by the time this actually goes out to the public that there's going to be game modes that we've talked about already and, and having momentum of continuing to create content, whether it's in your aspect and there's just esports based like college basketball and you're an expert in that field and you know everything and you've been making content and you're up with it and there's a following still attracted to you and knowing that you're putting out content, it's going to pay off because these sites aren't going to just sit there. DraftKings isn't going to just sit there and, and only have $200,000 to first League of Legends contest for the next three months. So uh, stuff's coming and it's just a matter of staying sharp, staying in your processes. And that's at least what I'll, I'll say for the creator side of it. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.